fear of the unknown is the greatest fear of all, and for millions of Americans, there is no greater unknown than Alzheimer's disease. I'm Dana Torito, a writer and Alzheimer's advocate. On my podcast, The Memory Whisperer, I strive to calm your fears about the disease through thoughtful conversations with experts, care partners, and more. Action is the antidote for fear. Listen to The Memory Whisperer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Information Network and six-time Emmy-nominated news anchor Vanessa Tyler welcome you to Blackland. A podcast about the ground on which the black community stands right now. From stories about salvation and loss. I loved a person who had an HIV diagnosis. To dreams achieved. Or yet unfulfilled. From people who have made it. I sat down with a therapist and I began my journey. To those left behind. Listen to Blackland on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now, this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Happy, happy holidays. It is the most wonderful time of the year. I hope you guys have the most wonderful holiday season. I hope that you get to spend it with family and friends or with someone that you love or with an animal that you love or just having some great self-care full of reflection and intentions for the new year. We've gone through some crazy times over the past few years and I think what I will be moving into 2023 with is a sense of calmness and trying to just stay centered, full of peace. This is a conversation that I want to revisit with Haley and Tyler Hubbard. Tyler Hubbard is the front man for Florida Georgia Line. He now is a solo act, just had his first number one as a solo artist, five foot nine. So exciting. And my husband, Michael, and I sat down with Haley and Tyler, and we just talked about life and parenting and navigating, and I feel like it's a really great conversation to just revisit, especially at the end of this year. It was one of my favorite conversations. We got really real and had some great aha moments. So I hope that you enjoy it, and I hope that you have a blessed holiday season. I'll see you in 2023. called Roundtable Talk. I'm just calling it Roundtable Talk. It's not technically called Roundtable Talk. But it's not just me sitting down having a one-on-one interview with one person talking about their lives and all the amazing things about their life. This is more about a conversation about real life stuff going on currently in this moment. So I'm kicking it off with my husband. Michael is joining me. So excited. And then Haley and Tyler Hubbard. And we are having 
the realest conversation ever. We're talking about marriage. We're talking about career. We're talking about babies. We're talking about how babies affect marriage. We're talking about God. We are literally talking about it all. And it's real and we're honest and we're open. And so I'm very excited to share this with you guys. Here is my husband, Michael, Haley and Tyler Hubbard and myself. Okay, hi everyone. Hey. So this is a first that I've done for my podcast. It's a couples podcast, Woo. which is really exciting. And my very own husband is joining me. I did it. How do you feel, babe? Good. Are you nervous? No. Michael, we've really been talking about a lot of personal things lately. So I feel like we might as well just share them all with the world, right? Just like getting to the core of ourselves. Yeah. Please <laughs> share. That's what I, know, I want. I want to hear, hear the core of Michael and Caroline Hobby right now. And then we have, we have Haley and Tyler Hubbard joining yeah. us. No, dude. <laughs> and this podcast idea came about because Haley texted me and you're like, I think we should really talk about some real life stuff. And I was like, I think we should too. And then, of course, like, give me a tiny little nugget. I'm like, let's just do a podcast and like get it going and do it immediately and share all the things. And here we are. And we made it happen within like a week. I know. I'm proud of us. So what inspired you to want to like talk about some real stuff? You know, I think just with our girls' mom's text that we have going on, it's just been so nice to have everyone to lean on and to get advice and to, to help share advice and to just kind of circulate all of that, um, all of our fears and um, excitements and victories in life. And so I'm like, let's just share that with other people. But, you know, on our, I think it was our walk that we really were like, okay, we need to do this. We need to make this happen. So, And we're all, like, Michael and I are new parents. We have a seven-week-old. We've been two weeks behind you guys with baby Luca. Now you all have two kids. You have a two-month-old and almost, is, she a two, is Liv two years old? She's almost two. And I think that's what encouraged us to join this mom's group, our, walk, our walking group, because we're all just, like, in the trenches trying to figure this out. Right. How to navigate marriage how to navigate babies how to navigate careers and it's just overwhelming sometimes marriage i mean marriage is a a whole nother ball game once you put kids into the mix as we all know and i don't know it just be good to gain knowledge and share knowledge in that department so how have you guys navigated your marriage starting with live with like hey how did y'all what was your love story like when y'all met like how did y'all meet and was it instant and did you know right away that this is the one? I'll let Tyler share. Yeah, I'll try to make this <laughs> short and sweet, but we met through a mutual friend. Initially, we were just kind of friends, and we were hanging out, and uh, so much to the point where Haley was trying to set me up with one of her friends, and I'm like, no, that ain't, I ain't really feeling that. So we, anyways, <laughs> we, uh, we were hanging, and one thing kind of led to the next, and after a few months of kind of hanging out, um, I was on the road at the time, super busy, so we weren't hanging out a ton, but um, ended up, we had a wine and cigars night at one of our friend's houses, and uh, that was July 1st, and I remember that date, because that was the first night um, that Haley kissed me. Haley and, uh, kissed no. you? Okay, wait, wait, wait. Uh, <laughs> what, Haley? I'm just playing. I'm just kidding. We, we still debate to this day. twisting the story. But no, uh... <laughs> That was kind of the night where we both kind of, oh, there's something here. So we ended up hanging out uh, quite a bit um, shortly thereafter. And uh, I think we both felt something special and kind of knew pretty quickly that, you know, this was leading somewhere. And uh, Haley was moving to California a few weeks after that. And uh, that was her plan. She had already had a roommate and a room set up. And Prior to that. 
Oh, was it? Yeah. Uh, so I, I thought you were going to let me tell the story. Oh, you can tell it. <laughs> <laughs> but you, you forgot. That was when we were actually, that was when I was supposed to move. It was the first night that we kissed. Oh, that's right. Oh, that put okay. a wrench in it. Yeah. So, yeah, then I told her. Just be a good kisser. My line at the time. <laughs> my line at the time was, "You should pray about it." So that's what I told her. I was like, "I don't, I don't think you should move to California. I think you should pray about it." And I was kind of kidding, but at the same time, I think she took me serious and actually thought about, "Man, I really hadn't prayed about this." So, kind of went home and prayed about it, asked God for a sign, and she was signing her um, lease on her apartment at work. And her boss came up to her behind her and told her that he would double her salary if she would stay in Nashville. So, signs, so that if was you her ask sign. for a sign, they really do I, show up. I think up. at times it's pretty pretty obvious like that, you know. I think that's God's kind of got a sense of humor, too. So. That's a good deal, too. Uh, so, yeah, right? She ended up quitting her job, but just using that as a sign um, to stay in Nashville. And, you know, we hung out a ton, and shortly thereafter we were um, we were engaged and getting married six months later. And, uh, yeah, it was it was, you know, I think we both knew pretty quickly. It wasn't love at first sight, if you will. Um, but it was definitely, you know, love pretty quick and, and we, we knew it was something special. And so, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of the short version of our love story. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, obviously it was something special cause y'all just had one kiss. Like you're saying, I mean, that must've been a real good yeah. kiss cause y'all hadn't even really started dating yet. It's fresh, fresh. <laughs> yeah, it was fresh. But like I said, we were all, we were so busy that, um, and because she had just quit her job, she was kind of in between jobs. And I was selfishly like, hey, well, you want to just come on the road with me? And when I'm home, can we just hang out all the time? Like, we were together pretty much every day after that. So so you had already started know, music going on the road all yeah, the time. Yeah, we had just gotten a bus. We were sort of past the really, really rough in it stage. Yes. Like the double monkey uh, all the time? Otherwise, she probably wouldn't right. have, you know, joined me on the road. But we were definitely, we, we were sharing share. a bunk for, for a while. That's uh, fun. BK We've shared a bunk a long time. A bunk. We also had 12 dudes on the bus. So <laughs> been, you guys have probably feeling. been there. So it's, uh, oh, yes. you get to know each other quickly, you know, Very to quickly. say the least. Um, <laughs> I'd say six or eight months later, we moved in to the same house together and um, just to save money, to be honest. And then realized how amazing that was. And uh, yeah, I asked her to marry me pretty soon thereafter. And talked about raising kids at our farm and how amazing that was going to be and then uh she told me about after we got married that she didn't want to be at the farm so uh <laughs> plans. but it was all it was all uh for the better anyways now that we live in town it's really convenient and we have the farm to get away to and it's so uh, y'all started in the country together we mm-hmm. did. and that's when i learned that men do not take hints you have to communicate clearly to them because i told tyler when i was ready when i wanted to move to town that I'd been hinting for the last year and a half that, I was that so it wasn't going to work out at the farm. And he was like, well, this is the first time I'm hearing about it. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and yeah. men don't communicate in hints. So that, that's true. at that point, that was my my turning point in actually really communicating what my needs are to him. That literally was like a moment for you at mark time. Mm-hmm. Like I've got to speak up and <laughs> say directly what I feel. Yes. Because I just thought people under, could read my mind and could... <laughs> <laughs> they That's should be true. able to. They could It'll just be great. sense how I was <laughs> feeling, but that was not the case. I mean, obviously, no one can read minds. So, I've worked on expressing my needs. And was that something that did? Does that come natural for you to express your needs, or did you feel no. like you had to like work on that? It's still something I have to work on and be conscious about. I'm a two on the enneagram, so, so you're a helper. Yes. So you probably put your needs last, and you see how you can help everyone else first. Right. Probably especially the ones you love the most. Right. 
What are you on the Enneagram? I'm a three. So that's an achiever. If yep. you're a seven, which is the enthusiast. Hey, what a great day. <laughs> I'm a four, which is the romantic. Okay, so I think that's mm-hmm. great. We all love the Enneagram. We actually tried to play the Enneagram, Enneagram game. Failed royally. Well, Card game. Don't get that off. <laughs> that of, game is for the birds. Of, yeah. Off of Instagram. Buy that game. So let's kind of talk about that. Like, how do your personalities mesh? Because we'll talk about ours, too. Because mm-hmm. obviously, I know. I know ours a lot, but we'll share that. But how does an achiever and a helper go together, especially with very busy lives and kids? How do you make that work and communicate? Mm, That's a good question. For me, I've just been really focusing on... She helps me achieve. (laughs) (laughs) Helper achiever, guess. eh? Takes a team. (laughs) Um, I don't know, actually. Do you want to go with that one? Um... You know, I think the Enneagram is interesting because, you know, I don't think it's the end-all, be-all. I think it's a cool a cool way to help understand each other's personalities. But I would say overall, we're just a really good team. And that's kind of been our our saying since we got married is, hey, we're a team. and we're. Um, but, I, but it does help me understand, you know, qualities about Haley that, that help me communicate better with her and and vice versa um but overall you know i think i think we're just a team i'm this is a terrible answer but uh (laughs) so maybe next question so (laughs) okay speaking of team because i do think especially now that you're like marriage like once you've been married for a while have a kids how do you feel like what how do you feel like our team dynamic is babe well you're organizer and scheduler yeah which i love I'm and I'm a guy that follows the sheet. I know so. Michael's like, send me a day sheet of what I need to do for Sunny today. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I work well okay. in that type of environment. Um, I mean, team-wise, we just—it's being a good team. We just work well together and we move well together. And you—you you let me be me, and you're flexible with schedule, and you're not—you're not sentimental about things. You know, it's like, you know, a birthday, like you celebrate it, but, or like anniversary, like you're really like, well, every day's anniversary. Like a Valentine's day is every day. Yeah. Like we can, you know, you're just laid back and cool like that, which makes it easier on me, but that's just years of being with you and understanding like your love language is words of affirmation. So. And I sometimes like for my birthday or Christmas, I'm like, you don't have to give me anything, but please write me a three page love letter. Like, think yeah, about yeah. it. Take some time. That's too. I'm like, I want you to write out specific things that you love about me. Mm-hmm. Not just, you're great. I need a long, long list. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> I'm with you on that. A couple times a year. Yeah. I love Get getting cards. That's all I want. But I don't want like a quick breezy card. I want like a thoughtful card where you mm-hmm. have like specifically listed things that you love about me and noticed. Yep. <laughs> yep. One day we need to get together and, and, and with a plan to write a song and instead we'll just write. We'll spend three hours and just write a long write thought list. out. Hey, a song would work too. A I mean, song if you were a very specific song, yeah, if it's if really it's directed, if it's under three minutes, but if it's totally directed Minimum towards page. us, okay. a thousand percent, then okay. there you go. We can do that. Yeah, I well, want to know that, that he so. went yeah. out <laughs> yeah. and Damn it. planned that. Okay, it's my it's her birthday. I'm gonna go get the card. I'm gonna write the card. I don't want the card to have been like planted by her assistant. I want it to be thought out. You know. A well thought out thing and I do think that is the different like one of the, I don't know some men may be super sentimental but like I used to, when we first got married and started dating like I would drive to where you were and put a card in your windshield with all these 
thoughts, and you didn't even care. Like you didn't even. I thought it was sweet. But you could have cared less. Well, it's just I just thought it was sweet, and I was like, well, you know. But I mean, you read it, and you're like, well, that's really nice. And I'm and, like, but that would have made that's my whole what you day. About me, that I like quality time. Yes. Over any of that. Yes, so, you're all about quality time. Yeah. And I don't gifts. I'm not a gift guy. Like you don't have to give me gifts or anything. But I mean, if you want to, you can. But you want like yeah. you want if you want a gift, you're gonna buy it yourself because you're only gonna want like things that you yeah, like. Yeah, it's like little things for me. It's like you know getting picked up from the airport. I hate Ubers. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm with that. Okay, but. so Tyler, you said you wrote a song yesterday about Haley. What inspired it, and what is the song about? Uh, it's called Invisible. Is this what you were dancing to live yeah, with? Yeah, yeah. Which was, was the cute. cutest thing ever. I know, it was so cute. She made my day. But it's uh, just the concept of sometimes, like, you know, I'll be in the spotlight a lot of times, and people forget that how valuable. And, you know, for me, I just want to make sure I remind Haley on a regular basis, like, you're the real star in this situation. Like, all I do is get up there and sing songs or go write songs or whatever but to me you're like the you're the you're the rock star in our relationship and and sometimes it gets overlooked and i do feel like just a good reminder you know what i mean to to make sure she knows that because it's uh it's important and and everybody around me to know that too like i don't know just a big part of our dynamic and i would not be who i am anywhere close to who i am without Haley around so it's uh it's just kind of that that idea behind that a little bit. What are some things you love most about Haley? The first thing I was really attracted to Haley about was, or attracted to Haley to, was her overall kind of aura and how she's so relaxed and calm. Amen to that. And just handles herself with grace. Like even in where I might be all uptight or like anxious or like, you know, not nervous really per se, but I would just... Anytime I get wound up, I just look at Haley and she's just so like calm and just like nothing faces her or bothers her and she's soft spoken and it's just good energy. So instantly, like when I first met her, I was like, man, I love being around this girl and she's just, she balances me out really well and I learned so much from her. Um, so that's the first thing. And then as I got to know her, there's a lot of things that I love about her. I love how she loves people so much. She is a genuine helper. She wants to help everybody with anything. Um, even if they don't want help, you know? <laughs> so we've had to work on that a little bit. But, uh, Boundaries. But she's just such a loving person with such a big heart and wants to help people. And um, So, yeah, that's the first. The two things that come to mind is just... And now having the kids together, watching her be a mom, it's just like I just fall more and more in love with her. But I initially, that was the outward things that I really was attracted to. It was just kind of her overall aura and how she carries herself i second that Haley. you are the most relaxed laid-back person i have ever met you're so calm like the word i would always use for you is just calm and peaceful just very peaceful and calm and where does that come from oh thank you um thank you guys i'm tearing up Uh, (laughs) just let it out we're hormonal we can cry anytime we feel like it (laughs) all these emotions um you know i think Deep down, it stems from just this innate knowing that that God's got everything under control. And I would say that's probably the root of it. Um, 
just like, okay. How do you know that? Is really a big deal in the big scheme of things? Where did that you know? faith in God so strong come from from such a young age? I don't know. I just, I don't know. I think it's just in me. Holy Spirit, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. I don't know. It just, um, it's part of who I am, and I guess I've just tried to kind of laugh things off if, and try not to make things such a big deal. Just to interject a little bit, I will say some of your biggest influences are like from your mom and from Mama Kim as well. Right. Who's very, I mean, I would say your parents have a pretty calming aura about them too. They're pretty relaxed and they're pretty easygoing and they kind of have a optimistic outlook on life. And then probably her second, her second family, I would say, is a lady named Kim who's the same way. I look up to her so much. She's just so graceful and calm and uplifting and uh optimistic and just good people to be around and i think that's mm -hmm. that has to have a pretty big influence on you and i think you yeah i think Definitely. that's a choice too that you make we were just talking about that this morning that you know you wake up some days and not everyone just feels super positive and happy every morning it's definitely a choice you have to make and to be intentional about it every day i will say you do that better than for me than I have a natural tendency to like get super emotional about stuff and I could like <laughs> fall down a rabbit hole of feelings like I could really just like just sink into my feelings and like live at the bottom of them but you hmm. always find a way to spin it like you'll always spin it and you'll find a positive way to view something and how do, how do you Seven. how do you do that I mean are you, it, well, how did you how do you find that uh, you know, I, I think it's like Haley said, it's like you wake up every day and you make a choice, you know, even when things, you know, aren't going your way or, you know, you're frustrated, you just, there's a reason why you're frustrated. So you just kind of, I always try to get to the source of that first and then usually you overcome it and then you look at, you know, gratitude is a huge thing. I mean, you just, if you look around, you know, you got a roof over your head, you got, you know, I got you, now we have a, a, a daughter. So it's like, there's a lot of good to focus on opposed to just a moment of, you know, frustration or emotion, in my opinion. Do you feel like you've always been that way? Yeah, I've always been a pretty positive person, you know? And I never, it, it, it's like as cliche as the one door closes, another one opens type thing. It's It really is true, and those things happen for a reason. And I think navigating through those things is the most important way with a positive attitude, and you'll get your best results. So, I mean, life's pretty good when you wake up. That's. Fear of the unknown is the greatest fear of all, and for millions of Americans, there is no greater unknown than what to do when faced with an Alzheimer's diagnosis. My name is Dana Torito, and my podcast, The Memory Whisperer, takes a closer look at Alzheimer's disease and those affected by it. Like many of you, I've experienced the disease firsthand. I've been an advocate and care partner for decades and have written extensively about the subject. Each week, I'll talk to people who've been personally affected by the disease and learn how they coped with it. Folks like TV personality Lisa Gibbons. Action is the antidote for fear. And nurse and dementia researcher Dr. Fayron Epps. We no longer can be silent. We have to speak up. We have to share our experiences so we can help each other and learn from each other. Listen to The Memory Whisperer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.
Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. All that sitting and swiping, our backs hurt, our eyeballs sting. That's our bodies adapting to our technology. But we can do something about it. We saw amazing effects. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. There's no turning back for me. Make 2024 the year you put your health before your inbox. And take the Body Electric Challenge. Listen to Body Electric from NPR on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. And I want to talk about this because, and I know this is like a new thing that you're talking about lately, and I'm just going to help you open this up. <laughs> you recently posted about your brother. Yeah, for sure. Who passed away. And that's been a really hard topic for you to talk about in the past. And But you're wanting to talk about it now and like view it. You view it in, you're viewing it in a celebration. Yeah, which I always have. It's just not so, something I share. You know, it's not, I don't want to go into a room and be like, hey, check it out, guys. You want to get to know me? You know, yeah. like it's just a, a part of my life that is a painful part of my life, but also a happy part of my life. You know, and everybody suffered loss in some way, you know, and and how you cope with that and deal with that. I think that probably is why, you know, I grew up being positive because I was always positive in that situation, you know, and because you had to be. Plus, I was a kid, so I really, you know, I just wanted to play in the mud and, you know, ride four-wheelers. That was what we wanted to do. So we didn't look at it. You know, I think what, what hit me most this year about it is now I have a child. Mm -hmm. And, like, looking at her and then finally feeling what my parents, not feeling what they felt, but... Understanding. Understanding a little bit more of like, like, holy shit. Like, what did that do to them? Like, we right. were just kids, you know? Totally. So I think that's, the, like, timing-wise this year is why, and it was 20 years ago. Which is that, crazy. Yeah, it flew by. That That's where I felt the need to express it because, you know, people always go, oh, I understand, I understand. It's like, you don't really because you, you've never been there. So right. now that I've, we have a child, it, it just kind of hit me a little harder. Like so looking at her. What do you understand now more than you didn't before? Well, I mean, what do you mean? Like you said, now you understand more where your parents are coming from. Well, I, I can I, I can imagine what their perspective, their perspective yeah. of what they felt, you know, on a big level, and then trying to keep a family together. On top of all that, you know, it's 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 just a what a load to carry, you know. And mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people stay together and they they grow through something like that, and and. Most couples and families just disperse. You gotta they go wanna, one or two ways. Yeah, yeah. So I finally understand both ways. Mm-hmm. And you have more forget like forgiveness and grace. You gotta have people grace. I mean, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But totally. 
you know and everybody deals with things differently you know so mm-hmm. not to backtrack but to piggyback off what you were saying I think that having the heart of gratitude I forget this, the phrase but basically it's really impossible to be to be uh, unhappy if you can maintain a state of gratitude that's not saying like always being happy or all or never looking at life in a negative way but but we we play the gratitude game which sounds really silly but a lot of times like Haley like what are you grateful for and so I have to, I'll have to think of stuff which is not that hard but at times it's like why am I why do I feel this way like and then almost instantly the gratitude brings you out of that and helps you get a perspective of like okay I have a lot to be thankful for um you know there's no there's no reason to yeah to be pessimistic in this situation or whatever so we've tried to incorporate that even with like live and stuff like what are we grateful for just to start trying to you know plant those thoughts in her mind and and help her understand the the power of being grateful you know what i mean for for every little thing you know even life in general absolutely so it's you know it's powerful i think it helps us shift our perspective a little bit from just being kind of like oh the second I start thinking about something in a negative light, that's when I'm like, okay, that's my trigger. I need to think of what I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. Because it's so easy to go down that rabbit hole of... It's so easy. And even through loss or something super heavy, like, there's always, like, silver lining, you know? Mm-hmm. That you can kind of focus on or situations to be grateful for. And um, I know we've talked a little bit about that, but, yeah, just... Through life in general, I think there's a lot of power in the in the gratitude, you know, of everything. Yeah, it snaps you out of your funk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just, it, it works. I don't know how, but mm-hmm. it's hard to do sometimes. A lot of people don't do it, you know, but if it's simple things that, you know, there's always going to be a bigger house or a nicer car or more money or success and somebody's doing this and better than you or whatever it may be, all shapes and sizes. But if you just focus on what you have, like, and have gratitude towards it I think naturally you'll be happy and those things will grow too you know mm-hmm. and totally uh, I don't know it's kind of where I stand on I'm with you Great gratitude's a good thing especially when you're having a shit day mm-hmm. something I've been really trying to use gratitude towards lately is now that we have Sunny like I have the ability to let a lot of fear creep into my life. Like, I could just cry thinking about it. Like, because I can just go to, like, these things that you... Terrible things that you hear that happen to your child, like, people's children. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how do you not live in that fear? You know? Mm. So how how do you not live in that fear? Brene. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, that's the God thing. The God come thing. To totally. Yeah. Um, knowing that, you know, he's in control and it's out of our control but um i think it was a Brene brown book and she was saying you know every time you have start having those thoughts because we all have those thoughts as parents like you think of that horrific thing that could possibly happen and and even if that thing didn't or did happen nothing's going to ever prepare you for that moment so don't worry about it you know that's true um and so that's where she says to shift it to gratitude every time you're looking at your child and you have that that moment where you're like oh my gosh what if this happened shift it to I'm so grateful I've got this beautiful healthy child and my family and and it kind of snaps you out of it 
because nothing will ever prepare you for that moment and what you Mm -hmm. are worried about is probably would never even happen right irrational fears yeah that we all have yeah yeah it's natural though Mm -hmm. that is so that is such a good perspective and my sister told me that too Catherine said she was like every day she says every day has to be a good day and then also like why miss out on enjoying the moments that you have with the people that you love the most with your children because you're worrying about something that most likely will never happen and it's out of your control right Right. and so then you miss out on your life with people that you love because you're stressing out about something that well you can't be in the moment yeah you're not in the moment you're in a fear Mm -hmm. and that's ego and that's trying to control and not giving it up to God. So I guess you just have to give everything up to God all the time, but how do you stay in that place? <laughs> so I was that the book of four agreements, like be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personal. No fear, all faith. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, wait, be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personal. Don't make assumptions. Yeah, and, and no and fear, all faith. Is that right? No, no that's that extra. That and um, oh. there's one more. Uh... So four agreements. Yes, we're but missing the fourth one. If you apply one. that, like, I think at the same time we're all human. Yeah, and it's obviously difficult not to live, in, or at least at least have fears, or you see your friend go through a tragedy and think, "Man, how in the world would I get through that?" Or whatever the case is. But at the same time, I think it's being aware and having that mindset and knowing, "Man, today I feel fearful. Let me just let me remind myself and ask God to remind me. Hey, like." I am not in control of my life. You know what I mean? And right now he has me in this beautiful place with this beautiful kid or this beautiful marriage or whatever the case is and let's just live in this today and not worry about tomorrow. Yeah. So I think there's a quite a few times in the Bible where it mentions don't worry about tomorrow for it has enough worries of itself or give us this day our daily bread. Like it talks about just worry about today. We can't change yesterday and we can't control tomorrow. So, like, just worry about today. And then hopefully with that awareness, it can help us all. Because I think as humans, like, especially in this culture, like, it's pretty natural to worry. It's pretty natural to to try to control the situations. And, you know, so I think that's just a good reminder. And I think we're all there mentally. So Mm -hmm. just, yeah, we just got to remind each other and be a support system for each other. And just know when we're having those fears to... Like you said, just give it up to God. I know that sounds so like Sunday school answer, but uh, yeah. but it's true, you know. So mm-hmm. absolutely. My okay, so I have like a very philosophical question that I would like to see <laughs> what y'all's thoughts are about. <laughs> Me, my mom's a philosophy professor, so we grew up having to like Oops. analyze all of our thoughts and lives. And why, like I look at Sunny, you look at Luca and Lib, and they're these fresh lives that have just come into the world they're still so close to heaven you know like they're closer to heaven than they are to earth right now and it's like i look at sunny and i'm like what do you know about the other side you know like and why did you come here like i i think to myself like what is it that she is wanting to accomplish in her life or experience or like because i personally believe that like spirits we all have spirits and souls and like we're in this earth to experience something because then we're all going back to the other side back to heaven back to god so it's like why did she choose to come here like so why do you guys think that we come to this earth like why are we living like why do we not just all stay in pure positive heaven 
why is it that we come to this earth experience? Do you notice mm. I turned to Tyler? <laughs> yeah. She does that when the hard questions come at us. That's a good question. I think that's a, a difficult question, but at the same time, I think it's simple. And it's, you know, for what we believe and for our faith, and what I've been learning lately is kind of going back to the one day at a time, live a simple life, and you know what, like, our ultimate goal, well, I think as humans, we're all built and made, no matter what you believe, we're here for connection, and I think we're here to connect with other humans and connect with God, and the Bible says, again, to reference the Bible, it says our number one calling is to love God and to love people, and so... I truly think it's just as simple as that. I think it's, you know, to kind of sum it up, I think it's just to love people and to love God and to connect. Um, and obviously there's a lot of layers under that and there's a lot of confusion and a lot of, you know, in the 20th, 20th century, I think there's a lot of fogginess around what our, you know, what our purpose is and all this and that. And I think we as humans also we put a we put a we wrap a purpose around a career or we wrap a purpose around a relationship and we wrap a purpose around you know a dynamic with a family or a, anything like that and we say well my purpose is to be a good dad or my purpose is to be a husband or my purpose is to be a songwriter or an artist and like you have purpose, to have a purpose right but i don't but i think ultimately all that's all that's just uh fun activities along the way or, or you know i think I still think all that's kind of ordained by God, and I think that we're that is part of our purpose. But the ultimate purpose, I think, for us being on Earth is, especially as believers, is to love God and to love, love your neighbor and to show them the love of God. So, I don't know. I think that's, at least that's for me. That's that's where I kind of try to go back to and try to get keep that perspective on a daily basis, especially in our busy, crazy life where we think. So many things are important, and this is important. Got to take this meeting. Got to write this song. Got to sign this artist. Got to do this. Got to play these shows. And da da da. And it's like, man, let's not forget the big picture here. Like, ultimately, when we pass away, when people are at our funeral talking about us, what do we want them talking about? How well we loved people, in my opinion, and not how many songs we wrote, or how many shows we played, or how much money we made. I think it's. I think that can sometimes turn into turn, you know, distract us from the ultimate purpose. Totally. So, yeah, having that human experience is, I, I agree with him. All that other stuff is just, you're just doing stuff, you know, and, but yeah, being nice to people and love one another and give to one another. And, and you know, like I said, it's like, you, you know, it all just kind of feeds itself. And I get, re, I get reminded of that often when like, I'll just take time to go have coffee with someone or maybe like help somebody out. I'll feel like it's just like, oh, this is what I need to do today. And I'll actually go do that, and I feel so fulfilled and so whole and so like, wow, like that was the best thing I could have done today. And maybe it didn't, maybe it didn't pay me, or maybe it didn't, you know, <clears throat> maybe I don't have anything to physically show for it. But man, my heart was full, and I can tell that's what my purpose for that day was. And so I think just keeping that perspective is is important. And I've just been reminded of that often late, lately. It just you know, through little experiences and things I've had, it's just like, okay, like, I'm on the right track here, and, you know, mm-hmm. not too distracted. This week. <laughs> Next week, I'll probably it's constant. be distracted. Right, totally. Mm-hmm. 
fear of the unknown is the greatest fear of all, and for millions of Americans, there is no greater unknown than what to do when faced with an Alzheimer's diagnosis. My name is Dana Torito, and my podcast, The Memory Whisperer, takes a closer look at Alzheimer's disease and those affected by it. Like many of you, I've experienced the disease firsthand. I've been an advocate and care partner for decades and have written extensively about the subject. Each week, I'll talk to people who've been personally affected by the disease and learn how they coped with it. Folks like TV personality Lisa Gibbons. Action is the antidote for fear. And nurse and dementia researcher Dr. Fayron Epps. We no longer can be silent. We have to speak up. We have to share our experiences so we can help each other and learn from each other. Listen to The Memory Whisperer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. All that sitting and swiping, our backs hurt, our eyeballs sting. That's our bodies adapting to our technology. But we can do something about it. We saw amazing effects. I really felt like the cloud in my brain kind of dissipated. There's no turning back for me. Make 2024 the year you put your health before your inbox. And take the Body Electric Challenge. Listen to Body Electric from NPR on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why do you think we have to go through painful experiences? Why does that, why is that such a part of this human existence? Why do we have to fail? Why do we have to feel pain? Why is that essential for us as humans? It's, it's inevitable. But like, why essential. is it inevitable? It didn't have to be, but that's the way this whole life well, has been designed. That's a good question. By the higher power. Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> what are y'all doing over here? <laughs> with the hard questions. I mean, when I do go through hard things, it helps me have empathy for other people that are going through hard things and I find myself when I do need to be there for someone else I refer back to the time when I had a really difficult time and so empathy empathy um but again I don't I don't know why we have to go through hard things I don't you know it'd be nice if God put us in a perfect world and there was no pain and there was no sadness and there was no but then again, we'd be living in a ro- very robotic world. Wherever, well, what do you learn? I mean, when you when you go through pain, you go through hard times. You're always learning something, and it's always a, a faith building. For me, it's it's 
it's a lot about faith building. You know what I mean? And, and actually having to lean in on God and trust Him and know, man, we as humans can't even wrap our head around what God's doing. Like, we can't even begin to fathom, like, His ultimate purpose and plan. And I think, I think it just creates a demand for Jesus, to be honest. You know, the hard times in life and, and the way that He can give us peace when there's no reason to be peaceful or, or you know what I'm saying or give us uh, comfort in times of you know times of need or times of pain and you know for me I've experienced that in a few times in life where it's just like okay God like I know you're here I know you're with me I can feel I can feel you comforting me and giving me peace and what does that feel like it just it's hard to explain but it does feel like okay I should be so upset right now and I am sad but like like when I lost my dad I feel like it was a moment where I kind of prayed right after all right God like I need you right now like hardcore and I'm either going to go this way or I'm going to go that way and I really want to choose you and I really want to go this direction so help me out and like I prayed that prayer almost instantly and I could truly just feel like almost I would just almost smile about it like and it lasted for a while and it was still a journey for sure um, especially like months after that, you know, of just the healing process and the grief and all that. But I could just feel God with me. And I think to go back and kind of talk about what Michael was saying earlier about being a parent now, I feel like you can kind of get the perspective of our relationship with God because it says that everybody on earth is a child, a son, a son or daughter of God. And to be able to take that perspective now of man he'll do anything for me like he's got me he wants to take care of me he wants to protect me when when we fall and hurt our knees or whatever the case may be like he's going to be there to help us feel better he's going to be that be there to to help us heal but you know still what i'm saying fall and hurt your knees. but if you didn't fall and hurt your knees you'd have no need for your dad so i feel like there's a big there's an underlying kind of i think god uses that to draw us into him you know what i'm saying and it also gives us more faith and it encourages us to have to rely on him um because sometimes i've been there a few times in life where you hit the bottom and you're like look i got nowhere else to go but but uh you know i mean like i'm just gonna trust god here and see what happens i hear i hear he's you know i hear he's a good good father i hear he's gonna take care of us and all this stuff so i'm gonna test it out and 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 he does so do you feel like hitting the bottom is actually kind of a blessing sometimes yeah i do you know i think it's a it's an eye-opening experience for anybody and you you realize man i'm not in control i need help which we all do you know what i mean and i'm not invincible and i'm not as strong as i think i am and just all those things it's very humbling so whether it's you know i think that many different definitions are hitting the bottom but you know you lose your best friend or your dad or your brother or anybody that's a it feels pretty close to the bottom like how can i get over this you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um so anyways, yeah, I think, again, I think it's just part of God's purpose and plan to, to draw us closer to Him. I totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't think about the Father perspective. Like, man, that's wild. I've been listening to some it's yeah. so true. messages lately, and it's even like the simplest things like that reminds me, okay, like, like as a parent, now we know, like, we would never, we would never let our kids go out in the cold without clothes on or yeah if they're if they're doing something we would die we would do anything for our kids anything and i feel like 
to have that perspective and realize, man, that's what God would do for us, and probably even more. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he had, he did do that for us. So it's like, okay, let me just try to wrap my head around this level of love that sometimes we forget about, you know? Mm-hmm. Because it's not, you know, it's not a tangible or always audible thing right in front of us. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, we're there to wake our kids up every morning. And, and God's not always standing in our living room shaking us to wake us up. But at the same time, in retrospect, I feel like he kind of is, you know. So if you can have that mentality and know that that's the relationship that is designed between us as humans and him as God, I feel like it just helps you stay in that mindset. Totally. Yeah, connects the dots. Mm-hmm. Okay, enough rambling from me. And enough <laughs> I, I love all that. It's great. I just learned something. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, I want to talk a little bit about marriage and parenthood. And I'm interested to hear your perspective too, babe. Well, seven weeks into this deal. (laughs) (laughs) What has been the most eye-opening thing that you have learned about your marriage? I'll start with marriage first before we get into motherhood and fatherhood. What has been the thing that has changed the most in your marriage, in our marriage, since having a kid? For the better, and not worse, because none of it's worse, but like things that you've realized, oh gosh, I need to work on this, and I didn't have to work on it before a child. But then also, what has been the most incredible thing that's happened since having a child within your marriage? Okay. Um, I I feel like, (laughs) you know, since having kids, you do lose a little bit of that freedom, but we get closer together at the same time and because you really just, have to work together yeah yeah and you know we've hit points where we get to that that low point of like oh my gosh i'm struggling and what do i need right now like i need you here or i don't know have you found that you've had being to speak up because you said like that was something you learned earlier in your marriage is you had to learn how to like mm-hmm. voice what your needs were have you found that you needed to do that now with being a mom Totally. I think just being intentional about what my needs are and what I need because I can't expect Tyler to know what to do and vice versa. And and I think being a mom, you just have extra little intuitions that maybe a dad doesn't naturally have and that they want to help. You know, they're mm-hmm. there. They're wanting to help. They just don't know how. And so, I mean, you guys do. But, but it's different it's for a mom. Like, it's a mother instinct for a reason. Totally. You know, knowing what they're needing when they're eating and um to the point where our boobs tingle when the milk comes in and we're like we need to feed the baby <laughs> right. which i totally get <laughs> i get a little tingle every now and then <laughs> <laughs> so i think just you know being intentional with our time together and our needs and communicating communicating is huge for us and when i stop communicating and i can tell you can what mm-hmm. happens oh my gosh i get emotional i'm like what's going on why am i upset i'm like oh because i haven't communicated how i'm feeling and but at least you have the awareness it. to realize that right so you know that now like when you start feeling it can you catch yourself you're like oh i need so then how do you communicate do you like write down your thoughts do y'all have like a family meeting or do you like how does it how do you take the time to get your needs out Wherever we can't, I mean, wherever we can make time for it in our crazy schedule, we just say, hey, we got to talk. Um, 
No. How do we make time for that? You just talk to me whenever you feel like it. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it's a bad time. Usually about the time I'm trying to fall asleep or so. That's when. But she Tyler, wants to you talk. love to sleep. You can sleep anywhere. Hey man, I sleep and especially around bedtime. You know that's when I like to go to bed. <laughs> My favorite Insta stories are where you are catching him like sleeping in the most random places. <laughs> I can't sleep pretty good just about anywhere. I no, that's admit. true. If, if I'm frustrated about something and he's passing out, I'm like, oh, there is no way he's sleeping right now. We are talking about. <laughs> I get so mad. Oh my gosh. I will say like. I think with kids, it just it um, requires you to be more intentional because there's so many more things you're juggling. So, you know, literally, and I know this sounds a little bit surface level, but like for us, our calendars are like a really useful tool for us to be intentional. So like if if we see on our calendar we'll go check our calendars and if we don't have a date night on the books it, you know within a week or so of that we'll we'll put it on there and we're pretty good about it. if something's on the calendar or on our schedule we're gonna we're gonna do it it's almost like our checklist you know mm-hmm. and even if we have something that comes up that that we would like to do but hadn't talked about yet we have a little system in place where it's like we'll put it on the calendar so we both see it and we'll put a question mark because that means we got to talk about it before we remove the question mark That's and make smart. it official. So that way she I don't do something and say, uh, Titans game on Sunday. And she's like, we're not going to the Titans game. It's like, well, did you see the question mark? Because we hadn't talked about it yet. So let's discuss it. That was just a complete, that's never really happened, but yeah. maybe a motocross race or something. But anyway, so it's like just little, you know, being intentional about setting little things in place that work for for each relationship, I think is is key. And I think having kids really makes it extra important because you're as you guys know like you can you can just go weeks and weeks and just be so busy and feel like man i hadn't had one second to sit down with you and have any time well we hadn't made the time you know what i mean like let's put it on the calendar let's go on a date night let's go on a picnic even with the kids but you know just whatever the need is it helps you it helps you uh voice that and implement and make it happen you know Mm -hmm. i've been trying to make time for myself um i'm talking with my therapist and she's like you've got to get out of the house for 30 minutes a day and just go do something for you and Mm -hmm. so i just go to starbucks and i start writing in my journal and that's like my alone time and so i can feel full when i come back to the house and i'm like oh i feel like i got my time i got filled up and i can be my best or try and be my best for the family and I'll just touch on this, and then I'll quit talking so much. But I will say balance is key, like, in our life. And every week, I look at a week, and I say, all right, to have a balanced week, I need to have me time. I need to have us time. I need to have whole family time. I need to have work days, songwriting days. I need to, you know, there's a lot of things, but I got to make sure I need to have my workout time. Like, all the things that make my week whole. I need to have my time with God, like one-on-one time with God. I need, to, you know what I mean. So that's interesting. Making sure you have it all. Yeah, it's in like there. a pie. You know what I'm saying. And if each piece is twenty percent ish or so, I mean, I, I can probably put it all into five or six categories. But yeah, I gotta have all that to be a full week and to be whole and to not feel out of balance. So I kind of just go look at the calendar and say, all right, we got our date nights. Got my Wednesday morning Jesus walk. Got my Tuesday Thursday workouts with my wife. Got my Monday Wednesday or Friday workouts with my boys. 
got the you know two days of songwriting at 11 o'clock i got a couple meetings you know what i'm saying like just to make sure you're getting the and it's and it also i mean but then at the same time i want to have i want to live a a life that creates freedom so we're not completely living by the schedule so sometimes we'll literally put in the calendar a free day where it's like don't book anything we're going to see where the wind blows this day and it might blow me up to the farm to ride dirt bikes i don't know it might blow us to percy warner park to go on a hike like or we might just it might rain and we might stay in the house all day so i think there's a beauty in that too and you create freedom and create spontaneity but schedule it <laughs> you know what I'm i saying? love that then you make sure that you're balanced right because balance mm-hmm. is communication and balance yeah, yeah. it's so, important right? yeah yeah i love that how do you think our marriage has changed for the better or what have we struggled with since oh, i think it's changed for the better just to, i mean we're fresh into it you know so we're still it's just now we see if it seems like coming up for air what's popped up that has been a str- a str- well, not much lately. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's funny because it's true. It's been a little dry. <laughs> much up here. <laughs> what do you feel like has been something that you've had to like wrap your head around, good and hard, as a new parent, as a parent? And I think the hardest thing to balance is selfishness, because like you know mm-hmm. we've been together a long time and the life that we live and think it. it it definitely caters to you being selfish mm-hmm. and just all about you, you know. Yeah. So I think that's been the adjustment for me with her is, you know, finding that balance of like, okay. I mean, it kind of comes naturally because you want to be with them and you want to, you know, I, it's it's a thing. But, I mean, watching you become a mother has been inspiring because you just make it look easy, you know. Nice. Thank you. And. And that's cool to watch. I mean, because I'm really just there to help, you know. <laughs> well, you've cooked every single meal, which that's, has been yeah, so nice. You know, like, you pick your role. Oh, he's like become the chef hobby of the house, and like wow. you've really done some great things. Been off dinners. the road, man. I'm bored. <laughs> awesome. I'm um, glad you're putting it into food. Yeah, but that's the thing. If, if me cooking and you know doing all that helps you while you're feeding every three or four hours, and you take the night shifts, I'll take the mornings. You know, it's like we have a balance of like an ecosystem that we've mm-hmm. just gotten to the groove and it works. So we're both happy. It's like, you know, you got you were able to get out of the house today for a few hours while I sat there this morning and, you know, took care of her. And, and you're going to, you know, you're going to let me out of the house, you know, one night for something I got to go do. Like tonight when we go to the bar together. <laughs> like after, you know, like after this. Yeah. Something uh, I've realized though is like is we cool? used to do everything together. Like you and I would always go everywhere together, and now we don't. Well, no, because we're still. I think we're we're still adjusting. That's when it changed for me though. Is like yeah. I used to just go anywhere all the time, do everything constantly, and now it's like really, like I have to like find a babysitter or hire the night nurse to come, which is a blessing that we have totally. these people that are in our lives but it's like you have to really prepare to leave that's Mm -hmm. so true you know it goes back to your calendar and scheduling it's just you just got to think out your weeks Mm -hmm. or months a little bit you know ahead of time and because back in the day there's a beauty about being newly married or or having just freedom all the time and saying man we don't got to worry about this week like nothing just do we want to do that day and it's it's a lot of fun but when the kids come along it just requires that if you want to have healthy <laughs> well, it's not about you anymore it's like right. this kid's got to be on a schedule right and some people don't subscribe to that and some people do but it's just like well that's i have to make that a priority now for mm-hmm. a, a little bit of time you know mm-hmm. you know it's not forever 
Yeah, I mean, we did the thing where we were married for five years before we decided to have a kid. And we were together 10 years We've been together 10. Yeah. But wow. We've been together forever. He was 21 when we met. I was 20. I'm 24. Like we, I'm older. I'm a puma. It's fine, everyone. We lived it up for <laughs> yeah. those five years. Oh, right. hardcore. To the point where we were like, man, what are we going to do now? <laughs> right. Right. You know? It's time. It's time. And I think that's important for people that when they get married, I mean, you do what you want to do, but I think it's, it's important to have that time in the totally. beginning mm-hmm. to yourself. You know, because like you're doing so many different things, like you're either buying a house together and you've got careers that you're combining and all these things. And there's an adjustment period to all that because, you know, our whole lives we've been used to just being us, just for me. Mm-hmm. Well, know, I feel like me. we learned how to weather all sorts of like storms together before we had kids. So it's like now, even if things are really intense or hard or we're in a season like right now, we're in a very intense season with a newborn. But it's like I are, we already know every single little nook and cranny of each other's personality and how we interact together so it's like almost i don't worry about surviving hard things with you because we've already survived so many hard things together Mm -hmm. that's it i will say something that popped up for me i'll just speak to struggle that happened for me with in the beginning was i felt like you could continue living your life (laughs) as normal exactly and as a as a the mom and like obviously breastfeeding every three hours and like someone has to be there with the baby all the time i felt like I will never leave this house again. Like, I will never be able to get out of this house. But you can, like, just leave, you know? So, like, that was something I had to, like, learn how to cope with. Did you feel that? It's not not like y'all are doing it on purpose, but what what are you going to do? Just sit there with us the whole day while we breastfeed? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I told Tyler, I'm like, I just need you to be here. Be yeah. here with me and sit. <laughs> Which I don't do very well. I yeah. don't like to sit. About 10 minutes is all you get, and then I got to move. But it took me so long to realize that, that frustration. Like, oh my gosh, he gets to continue his life. He gets to go to his workouts in the morning. I, I'm still recovering. I can't work out. Yep. I'm breastfeeding. My body's not what it was my pants don't fit nothing fits and Mm -hmm. so it's all this emotional stuff and and we were on tour in the middle of tour that's true so yeah i just jumped right back into being on the road writing songs yeah Yeah. and i'm like oh i miss being on the road i want to go on the tour and and you're like how do i get back to that but it's like right how how do you right it it does feel like oh my gosh when am i ever going to get out but i mean thank god for our our texts that we have going on with the girls and I would say that's crucial to have and I'm sure guys feel the same way about having guy friends who are new to or dads. Yeah. Having a support group of females going through the same things has been so important for me. Mm-hmm. Well it's the same thing for guys. I mean we do the same thing. I mean I remember when we went out to your farm I was like, dude, I just needed I needed this. Mm-hmm. You know? But like Haley and I like we're not gonna go out to farm all day. Yeah. from morning till night because we can't well, you know? every, guy, every guy gets like I think that first like four to six weeks like A the shift and the change that everybody's going through I mean we're going through changes too you know absolutely and what do you feel what was the change what what made you well it's like that well it's like this is it like and you're, you're adjust you, you have to have, everybody has to have a grace period I think of adjustment to like mm-hmm. big life mm-hmm. things like marriage kids huge career things mm-hmm. like it, you gotta adjust Mm-hmm. Nobody just gets it just like that, I don't think. Mm-hmm. Um, that communication One thing that I, that I felt, and it's kind of like just to change perspectives a little bit, like for us as dudes, you have your wife. It's like for the most part, you know, I lived for Haley and she lived for me. And it was like it was all about us, like you said. Well, as soon as that baby comes, mom is all about baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, husband kind of gets pushed aside, which is okay. Yeah. 
and that's expected, but it definitely takes some adjustment. You know what I'm saying? And it's kind of like, all right, you got to have grace on that, just like you got to have grace on us. To because be, you, you know were the mean? number one before. That is true. I mean, it, very mm-hmm. much so. You know, and it kind of, at least it felt that way, where it's like, yeah, like, if I'm on tour, hey, let's come with me, and it's amazing, and I get to have my wife with me all the time, and, you know, we love that. But as soon as baby comes, it's like, all right, baby's number one now. And mm-hmm. so you kind of get, and even to the point of, like, you know, Haley would cook meals and Haley would do things. Well, all of a sudden, it's like that just takes kind of a back seat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because the priorities shift and change. And for dudes, and we don't have enough time or energy to do it of all. Of course, which we don't expect you <laughs> yeah. to. Because yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I see it. I'm like, you know, props to all women, you know, who ever <laughs> had a baby. Because it's just like, geez, I don't see how y'all do it. But at the same time, like Hobby said, there's an adjustment for you guys and for us. You know. Fear of the unknown is the greatest fear of all, and for millions of Americans, there is no greater unknown than what to do when faced with an Alzheimer's diagnosis. My name is Dana Torito, and my podcast, The Memory Whisperer, takes a closer look at Alzheimer's disease and those affected by it. Like many of you, I've experienced the disease firsthand. I've been an advocate and care partner for decades and have written extensively about the subject. Each week, I'll talk to people who've been personally affected by the disease and learn how they coped with it. Folks like TV personality Lisa Gibbons. Action is the antidote for fear. And nurse and dementia researcher Dr. Fayron Epps. We no longer can be silent. We have to speak up. We have to share our experiences so we can help each other and learn from each other. Listen to The Memory Whisperer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season remind us to embrace change and fearlessly look toward the future. Like Andrew Jarecki, award-winning filmmaker and creator of Movie Phone. The studios didn't really control the theaters. The theaters didn't control the studios. And I thought, well, there's a window in here where I could make things easier for the consumer and also make something that would be very useful for the industry. Or Kellen Kenny, Chief Marketing and Growth Officer at AT AT&T, who installed fiber in customers' houses rather than leading from afar. It is so crucial that you spend time with the customers. That is the best lesson. In these exciting times, we're looking to the math, the strategy and analytics, and the magic, the creative spark more than ever. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Have you felt that? Like, that I have kind of not... Well, we're not even sleeping in the same bed right now because no. I sleep in Sunny's room on a, on a mattress on the floor because I just... You know, one positive thing about that is I get to watch TV as long as I want. <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of would enjoy it. But it is true. Like, I have <laughs> felt bad that we aren't as, like intertwined as we have been the past 10 years of our marriage yeah and that's an interesting thing to talk about because you asked me that the other day and i don't feel anything towards it because to me it's just that's what it is and it's not mm. gonna last right and it's you just know a, that a, you're able to separate that yeah it doesn't it, it's not like i'm like what's going on with our marriage now it's just, it just seems like since the baby's here it's over but no <laughs> it's like well fuck man you're raising a kid yeah yeah feeding it every four hours waking up and like good on you mm-hmm. for sleeping in the room on a little pallet 
you know and doing that from midnight to Ooh. 6 a.m mm-hmm. you know that's but i think it's that motherly you deserve breakfast in the morning for that right. but i think it's my I, it might be because i need to have more faith or whatever but like i just have it's like a i have it's fear that makes me want to do that because well, so, i'm so worried about her all the time because she's my number one you know and they say and things i've read that that's very common with a woman and her first child Mm-hmm. You know, but then you look at like some friends of ours or like my sister-in-law, she's got five. And like, Your brother, they have five kids. I remember wow. Christmas time, she was born in April. She was just like four weeks old and like there's kids running around and I was just like, where's the new baby? And she just laid on the floor in the den. On a, there, on a mat. On a, on a mat, <laughs> you know, just like, they ain't worried about it. Like if you, she's not going to roll, but it's just, I think it all changes. You know, as you, I'm sure it's different for you guys now with the second one than the first one. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And like you said, it's just a chapter. It's just a phase. Mm-hmm. It's gonna. You're gonna get your life back. You're gonna get your marriage. The dynamic that it was a lot more. Hopefully, you know? I'll get my brain back. Oh, yeah. I don't know if the brain's ever coming back. My <laughs> brain is broken. It it's hilarious. gone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll forget what I'm saying mid sentence. <laughs> you left your phone at home yesterday. I left my phone at home. I left Michael with the baby. Where was I yesterday? You went to get your lashes. <laughs> oh yeah, I was going to get my lashes done because I'm trying to like you know keep some yeah, get things out, up man. and I left Michael with the baby and I forgot my phone and I was like <laughs> oh no panicking I was like what if he can't hand like something happens and like you have a breakdown and you need me but then I'm like he's her dad yeah. he's gonna be fine fully capable. you're yeah. fully capable just enjoy that time with no phone <laughs> yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> I know but it's it is so it's such a learning curve mm-hmm Everybody's doing great. <laughs> See, this is Michael Seven. He's always like, "It's all good." I think we're doing pretty good. I think so too. You guys are doing amazing. I think y'all are doing amazing, and I think it's amazing to have friends in the same chapter. That's why it's so fun to like hang out with like new parents who are like trying to balance it all. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you have to. And I will say, like along the same lines, is like I think there's a lot to be said about asking for help and not being ashamed of that. And I don't mean necessarily having a nanny per se. I think if you can, if you have the financial ability to get a nanny, that's incredible. But if you don't, I still think you got to use your resources and your friends and your family around you to give you those days where it's like, hey guys, like, like for me and Haley, it's like, yo, we're taking two days and we're going on a trip. Like the babies are going to be fine. We'll leave them with somebody. Here's the milk. Here's the deal. Here's how we put them to bed. Like. And just trust that it's going to work because... Trusting. Yeah, trust is hard, but I think that's another thing about having kids. You, have you just trust the person. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, you don't want to You don't want to go on getababysitter.com and just let your baby stay with anybody, but I think you, your friend... That's a real thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but even for, we were talking about this the other day, like there's so many of our friends that we love and older friends of ours that maybe their kids are grown or whatever and they're like man I'd love to come over and watch the baby for a day or I'd love to and let accept their help exactly I really think that's mm-hmm. you know I think that's important as parents uh, as hard as it may be to just lean in on that a little bit with your with your friends and with your family um, you know our family doesn't live in town so it makes it a little harder but I can I can name five people right now that would love to come over and or we could literally drop live and Luca off at their house for two or three days, I think, and they would be cool with it. And mm-hmm. I, you know, um, so I think that's that's also something to 
taken into consideration as a new parent. It's just, not saying that it's not hard because I I do think leaving your kids is hard, oh, especially so for the hard, first time. And the and I think as a mom, me personally, I feel I don't it, you know it's the mom guilt that everyone talks about, and it's a real thing. And have you struggled with that? Yeah, especially because we you know we do have a nanny and. Uh, you know, I'll be downstairs in my office and I hear them having fun upstairs and I'm like, oh, I should be up there. Or I hear them crying and I'm like, oh, I should go do that. And I mean, I have to kind of make myself be like, no, Haley, this is what I need to be doing so that later I can be present with them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's it's still struggle, definite guilt that mm-hmm. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I should be there. I should be making those memories with them. I should go take them to the park, which we do. But you know, and I can't be there for them all the time because then I can't be my best self. But it's that constant struggle of when I'm not with them, I want to be with them. And then when I'm with them... You I need to find time I for need, you. Yeah. So just finding that balance again is just something we're learning. And it is it is a real thing to learn. It's mm-hmm. It's very... And it's easy to, like, go hard one or the other way you know and like working moms too like I have a ton of friends who've had had newborns and gone back to work and like having to have their nanny Mm -hmm. uh, their baby in full-time care you know it's like Mm -hmm. but they need to work and so it's just no and it's just you have to just accept so much as a parent and I we I talked briefly about this on a previous podcast with my roommates but like when we ended up choosing having a C-section, like that was a really hard thing for me to wrap my head around in the beginning because I felt guilty. I'm so hormonal, this made me cry. That like I wasn't having natural labor. Like I felt like I was like failing in a way. Hmm. I can cry at the drop of that because it actually is a real topic for me because yeah, it, it yeah. hits a personal like. And so it's like, my, I called my sister and she was like, the faster you can, I'm sorry, I'm crying off. <laughs> but she's like, the faster you can like accept that Parent is not perfect, and like you got to make a decision and stand by it, and like know that like they're all fine decisions. You know everything mm-hmm. is fine. Like there's not a wrong, there's not yeah. a right, and just make your choice, feel good about it, and then don't go back and like yeah. question it. And that is such a struggle for me to question myself. I in my previous life before child, mm-hmm. I could just question everything a million. I could analyze everything. Mm. I think I'd choose the wrong thing. Worry so much that like. I should have done this or I should have done that or like oh my gosh this person is upset with me because I did this but like I'm, I know my heart is good I know I'm choosing the best I can and now as a parent you have to just stand by that mm-hmm. and you can't like question it and good for you for like saying those things because mm-hmm. a lot of times we have such negative self-talk and for you to be saying I know I'm a good mom I you know I can do this is so mm-hmm. huge and that's Cause self talk is huge. I've recently tapped into self talk. Like I didn't even know until like this year. Michael Chandler, y'all know y'all know Michael Chandler, mm-hmm. MMA fighter. Oh, yeah. He's one of our good friends. Yeah. He always talks about self talk, and I didn't even know how bad my self talk was until mm-hmm. I started checking in on it. Oh, yeah, Sometimes we're the hardest on ourselves than anybody. Yeah. Yes, I would just be like, brutal to myself. Mm-hmm. I am saying, and you know, whatever you follow it with, mm-hmm. like, don't follow it with negativity yeah you, ha- you have mm-hmm. to check yourself yeah yeah the mom guilt thing is weird too i think from our culture and our society i think it also changes like even with like breastfeeding versus pumping you know nanny versus not having nanny like all these working things mom, not working mom. right it's like man like We're like just you just said just just do your best know that you're a great mom and 
and don't don't compare your situations or listen to what culture is telling you because honestly in 10 years culture is going to say the opposite anyway so <laughs> it's true like now they're saying sleep your baby on your back before right. they're saying sleep on your like stomach there's so many things that you could be guilty from or feel that you know even you know i'm obviously not a mom so i don't really know but i i would just say just from observing from an outside perspective it's like it's real and it's just it's kind of sad that our culture puts so much pressure on moms and so many expectations and if you don't do this then you're a bad mom well it's like you said there's not a right or a wrong of how many months you should breastfeed or there's not a right or a wrong on a lot of times whether you should do it in public or not that's right. another pet peeve of mine mm-hmm. I know right. you're, yeah. Yeah, I love pull that thing out girl. just bust yeah. it out it's <laughs> natural <that>? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways I just encourage all moms to do you yeah. and to have confidence and know that it's different for everybody you know mm-hmm. so then there is no wrong or right right Mm-hmm. Totally. And that is hard. That's really hard so, to do that. But I know, I've been trying to lately my motto has just been kind of to celebrate the little victories. Even mm. if it's I got out of bed and I brushed my teeth and I got my makeup on before the kids got up today. That's a miracle. I did it. And <laughs> or we got out the door on time and mm. the kids are dressed and you know, those little things. I'm like, Yes, we did it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the little victories that are actually the big victories. And I've been trying to really just encourage those instead of at the end of the day being like, oh, what did I get done today? And kind of being down on myself. It's like, no, we did a lot. Because sometimes at the end of the day, I really can't tell you one thing I did besides just yeah. keep signing alive in theater and like <laughs> be with her all day. Like I don't really. And I half Which, the time I'm wearing the sweatpants I wore last night to sleep in. Like mm-hmm. and I still haven't brushed my hair or <laughs> yeah. my teeth. And I'm like. Well, I feel like I was exhausted and busy all day, but but you just said you kept a baby alive. That's a huge job. Yeah, it is. And and so we don't give ourselves enough credit for those those things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree. (laughs) Well, you guys, (laughs) I feel like we really hit a lot of topics. I I know. I like to wrap every podcast up with "Leave Your Light." So just leave some inspiration of. Obviously, we're, this whole thing's inspiring, and we're talking about inspiring things. But like, how do you want to inspire people? Like, what's the what's some wisdom that you want to drop on people, just to like spread some light? <laughs> Here's mine. Just that it hit me right when you said that because it's kind of along the topics of what we're saying. But I think whether you're a parent, whether you're not, whether you're married, whether you're not, you know, whatever phase of life you're in, I think there's. A, I don't think we give ourselves enough grace. I really think like that's. That's important because, like you said, the self-talk and all that stuff, like you can be so hard on yourself. So I think it's just giving yourself grace. I mean, if Jesus can be can give us so much grace, why can't we give it to ourselves? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Give us, cut ourselves some slack every now and then, and uh, don't be so hard on ourselves. So there's my little uh, light nugget for you there. I love it. Um, I guess mine would be, hmm... Just to, I guess we said this before, but just remember that God's in control and to just take that weight off of your shoulders. So true. And and just live your life and enjoy it and not be fearful because he's he's got us. And that is so hard not to do, but mm. it's so true. So hard. It's a, Yeah, you just have to constantly remind yourself. I'm, I try that every day, and it's hard. That's, amen to that. Yeah. I guess mine will be kind of what I said before this is my personal struggle is 
owning my decisions, like trusting myself and trusting my instincts, especially now as a new mom, like I have to trust my instincts. So I would just say like, trust your intuition, trust your instincts and know that if your heart's in the right place and you're doing your best, then don't go back and overanalyze it and beat yourself up. Just know that like you did the very best you can and you did what you felt like you were led to do and then you just have to let it go. Mm. Yes. Awesome. I need That's that. Oh, I have to do that all the time. <laughs> I gotta go last. You got this, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm with Tyler on the grace thing. I think that's really important, but you know, one thing that I always try to do every day is, is, is say I'm thankful for things that I don't have and thankful for things that I do. And you mm. speak that out loud. You yeah. always speak that out loud. And, mm. and then find gratitude at least once a day, take a deep breath and find gratitude in something. Mm and it'll change your day but yeah I've, I've always been a believer of that you know your journey is not someone else's you know what I mean and mm-hmm. uh, you're totally. on your own path and plan so if something doesn't happen for you don't mourn over it just move on to the next thing but just be thankful for everything that he puts in your life and God takes out of your life because that's the way it's supposed to be totally mm. I love that awesome that's good mm. well I just want to say before we get finished here that we look up to you guys so much you guys are incredible <laughs> parents and incredible friends and incredible people and so just to encourage you guys a little bit we love y'all so much and look up to you guys a lot and thank y'all for having us on your podcast hey, back at Love y'all us. y'all are incredible examples of all things and very inspiring so we're grateful to have you guys in our lives well, and thanks for sharing your heart on this podcast everyone yeah. baby thank you for coming on hey thanks for having that was on. Great. hey thanks for coming yeah. on can i ride home with you yeah you can. Right. yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay bye oh that's fun Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Fear of the unknown is the greatest fear of all, and for millions of Americans, there is no greater unknown than Alzheimer's disease. I'm Dana Torito, a writer and Alzheimer's advocate. On my podcast, The Memory Whisperer, I strive to calm your fears about the disease through thoughtful conversations with experts, care partners, and more. Action is the antidote for fear. Listen to The Memory Whisperer on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Information Network and six-time Emmy-nominated news anchor Vanessa Tyler welcome you to Blackland. A podcast about the ground on which the black community stands right now. From stories about salvation and loss. I loved a person who had an HIV diagnosis. To dreams achieved. Or yet unfulfilled. From people who have made it. I sat down with a therapist and I began my journey. To those left behind. Listen to Blackland on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.